Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. Joe Anderson and uh, Alan Clopine hanging out here on Saturday, um, hour two. In a, a survey here, USA Today, Alan. Yeah, what do you got? Um, Americans have not scored well on retirement literacy tests. Did you know this? Uh, I've, I have read, I, not recently, but I, it, it, pretty much everything I've seen kind of collaborates that point. But a new survey of Americans ages 60 to 75, 80% failed a retirement income literacy, literacy test. And <laughs> easy, I, easy for you to say. Yes, and I <laughs> failed just basic reading <laughs> tests. <laughs> well, the 20% that passed, I think, are your money, your wealth listeners. I would think. hope so. And the poll uh, was conducted through people that had at least $100,000 in household assets. Okay. So some level of sophistication, presumably. Yeah, because there's, I mean, what? One third of those individuals don't have anything saved. Right. And then you look at half. Yeah. It's probably less than 50. Yeah. And I, I just saw this, Joe, this last week. And we've seen these stats before that the average 401k balance is 14,000. 500. And, and, and that's because it includes a third of the people have zero. So, of course, they're bringing down the average. But still, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well. And, and Joe, even the um, creator of the 401k. <laughs> the creator. He's calling it a monster. Uh, did you know Ted Benna in 1980 was the um, he was the designer and creator of the 401k as we know it today? And even he's calling it a monster. And the reason is because he said it was supposed to supplement traditional pensions and other savings, but it's quickly become the dominant retirement funding plan. And that means you and I and everyone else have to fund it. In other words, our companies are not are funding pension plans anymore. We have to do it, and a lot of people are not doing it. If the average 401k balance is $14,000, we are a little bit behind the eight ball. So is a value add is what you're saying. Is that all right? Well, he That's how he designed it. Was yeah. the, all right, so these companies that have pension plans, it was like, okay, well, here, let's... Let's add, add a 401k in addition. In addition. Plus, so you would have Social Security, pension plan, plus the 401k. Yeah, and IRA came about the same time. It's like, all right, well, let's supercharge the IRA with a, a, a big 401k. And then companies started going, saying, well, you know what? Because of the 401ks, we don't really want to do a pension plan anymore. So that's what happened. So now he's he's saying that... Uh, well, for the companies, the cost of a 401k is pennies on the dollar compared to a right. 401k, isn't it? Right. Yes. You would think. I mean, yeah, of course. We, we talked to Salisbury. He was, remember him? He was the president. Um, I don't know if he still is. Daryl Salisbury, I believe his name is. He was the president of the Employee Benefit Research Institute. Okay. This is several years ago. Yeah, I forgot. But I got a steel trap. <laughs> and so he was talking about, um, you know, if people fully funded the 401k plans, 
versus the traditional pension plans. Right. And depending on life expectancy and everything else, I mean, the 401k plan wasn't all that far off. Yeah. Well, I, I and I don't disagree with that because you can put $18,000 into 401k and once you hit 50, you can put $24,000 and then the employers generally have some kind of match on top of that. So if you look at the cost of the employer, um, the match, I, I, I suppose it depends on how generous, generous the match is. Uh, so, but if you had a large match, and then plus the cost of administration, also um, with the DOL ruling right on retirement plans, yes, is that there's rumors now that a lot because most companies don't have 401k plans, right? right? Yeah, the majority, because most companies are small businesses and they they just don't have them, right? And then so then they don't want to pay the expense to to set them up, and if they have employees, they don't necessarily want to contribute a bunch of money to those employees, sure, right? Because it's like well, I'm already paying them a salary, and then it's you know it's just more cost to the overall small business, right? Now with the DOL and how they're kind of going into um, more fiduciary standards when it comes to those retirement plans, is that all right? Well, here if I got to do all of this. You know, I might just get rid of the whole thing. Right. You know, so then more employees would not have access to the 401k, which would be a worst mistake ever. It Well, it would. And, and it, it, it does. You and I have talked about this before. Why don't we just have a, a single pension, a single private plan, like an IRA. Combine the IRA and the 401k so everybody can do it. Do, do $18,000 or twenty four grand. Yeah. Why, why do we have it? So as you've said many times before, you may have a 401k and your neighbor doesn't. How is that fair, or vice versa? Right. Right. So I'm an engineer, right? And I maybe I work for a small company too, right? right? And I'm highly compensated, but the the employer doesn't have the right plan set up because he doesn't necessarily want to pay for matches. So then you got a top heavy plan where if I'm highly compensated, maybe I can't even contribute to the plan. Yeah. Or, or very, maybe very I can little. put in yeah very little. Yeah, maybe less than an IRA. And right? because I have a 401k through my employer, I potentially then can't take the deduction if I have. To, to put it into the IRA plan. That's true, too, because you fall under those income limitation rules then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, why can't we put just to have our the, the IRA is now 14500 or, or 18000 18, or 24000 bucks. Right. And there's no income limitation. Right. Because there's no in, in, income limitation for the 401k. Yeah, why not make it a level playing field for everybody? For everyone. Yeah, and so Ted Benna, so here's what he said. He said Teddy. That, he said the 401k plans are so complicated and fee-laden that he'd like to blow up the whole system and start over. How old is he? He's probably pretty old, I would think. I wonder how much money he's got his 401k. <laughs> I don't know. He probably doesn't have it in the 401k. He's probably in an IRA. Because you figure, I mean, so he did this in 1980, so he's probably... 40 at the time, right? So well, at the, probably at the at least. low end. Yeah, right. So that means he's uh, approaching 80. <laughs> so, yeah. You got to Google him. Ted Benna. <laughs> so the great, the, I never heard of him before. Yeah, well, that's why you listen to Your Money, Your Wealth. Yes. Because you learn all kinds of stuff. So he wants to blow it up and start over. What does he want to do? Well, it says, it goes on to say in this article, um, but that's not going to happen. Uh, but the good news is that 401k plans, especially the larger ones, have significantly lowered their fees. I agree with that. A lot of the larger plans do have lower fees now, but uh, not all of them. A lot of them are have investments that are just laden with fees, to use his word, which is probably a good word. There, a lot of plans do have big fees. Well, you know why? Is because 
most of the 401k plans, right? If you look at the raw numbers of 401k plans. Yeah. And this is not, I don't have the research in front of me. All right. So don't call and don't so, send me a blast. And this is just our, my. Our compliance department. This so. is my opinion. Yeah. Now, how about that? Right. Okay. That's fair. You, you I can say I, that. My opinion is this. Most of the 401k plans from a, a sheer dollar, not dollar, but number. Okay. All right. It's probably by the small businesses. Yes. Okay. I completely agree with that. Right. And so you might have 10,000 small businesses that have these 401k plans, but a medium-sized business has one 401k plan that has probably 10 times the assets in those yeah. 401ks. Especially a place like San Diego, Joe, where it's, it's mostly small businesses anyway. So I'm a small business, and I go and say, you know what? I want a 401k plan. And so the mutual fund companies come in. Right. Or you got the annuity companies come in or the insurance companies come in. Right. And they say, hey, you know what? We can have a turnkey 401k. Boom. We can just pop it in and you're not going to pay any administration fees. Right. Right. Sounds good. So you can just offer this to your employees and here's the match. We got to follow safe harbor rules and everything else like that. But just the overall construction of it, we'll be the third party administrator. We'll do the 5500s. We'll do all of this stuff for you. Right. Where it's just a, a, you know, turn, play, plug and play. But when you have that type of product, there's they got to get paid somehow. True. Right? So they're getting paid on the internal costs and fees of the overall funds that are inside that plan. Yeah, the investments themselves. And, and those are pretty well hidden from the average well, person. Well, from the average investor, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, here, I have an employer. They offered me this 401k plan. I'm saving money into the 401k plan. I, there's no way they know what the fees are in that. They think they think it's free. Yeah, most of them do. They th- but I would say this is that, and now I'm going to get blown up for this, is that I would much rather pay a bunch of fees and cost to have the 401k to get the the deduction or potentially the Roth 401k to have my money grow tax free, right? In in that shell, p- pay the fees versus not having the plan at all. Yeah, all right. I I will go along with that too. Right? Yeah, because because later on when you retire or leave your job, you can roll to an IRA and roll and to an IRA get, and get do whatever you want with it. That makes more sense. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so we're running up against the clock here. Um, so a couple of different things is that you have to analyze kind of what you're looking at trying to deal with the money that you have. And I mean, do you want to protect your money? Do you want to mitigate your risk and have a rock solid game plan to transform your savings into income in retirement? I would imagine most of you do. All right, we got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth right here on AM760 KFMB. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner, Big Al Clopine, CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Um, self-directed IRAs, Al. What do you think of them? Uh, well, let's uh, explain what they are. So you can set up your own IRA and have alternative type investments in them, like real estate, for example. And if you want to own real estate in your IRA, you can't go to TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab. You have to go to an alternative um, uh, custodian, I guess is the word, and that will allow you to hold real estate. I'm I, Generally, Joe, I'm not a big fan of them. Well, you've been a real estate investor for quite some time. Right. And so I think when people get into like a hot asset class, and real estate has performed okay. Right? Sure. Back from 2008 now, it's... Especially here in San Diego. Yeah, right? and, and of course, from 2000 to 2006, it was fantastic. 
Yeah, what, 5,000% or something stupid? <laughs> it was, and a lot of people were trying to buy real estate in their IRAs and, and buy direct real estate in their IRAs. There are so many problems, i I, I got to tell you. I mean, the, the Well, let's talk about the pros and cons. So okay, okay. Right, the pro to a self-directed IRA is this, is that if you want to buy a hard asset, so let's say you found a, a single-family residence that you would like to purchase, or maybe a tenant in common, a triple net lease, a, an apartment building. Right. And we know that most of the wealth that people have when it comes to liquid assets is in their retirement account. Yes, I agreed. And if I'm looking at purchasing real estate, I need capital. I need cash. And if I look and say, here's my balance sheet, where's the most cash or most liquid asset, it's go- it's in the retirement account. And so it's like, all right, well, here, I found this deal that I'm going to start flipping homes, right? And I want to buy real estate, and I know that I can make a quick profit because I know where to find them and where to, you know, what to do. And I have my neighbor or my buddy, my uncle, that's going to help me fix it. So you say, all right, well, here, I'm going to buy a house, but I'm going to buy it with inside my retirement account. So it's a hard asset. So you buy the single family residence. With a self directed IRA, you can't purchase the. The, the property, right? The, the the IRA has to purchase the property. Correct. So there's a lot more convoluted um, legalese to this. We'll just talk high-level pros and cons. Okay. Okay? But now that asset is inside the retirement account. So the good news is, is that let's say if you're really good at flipping homes, and you buy that, and you flip it, and you make a great profit, and you buy another one, you flip it, you right? And you're doing all this within a 12-month time frame. Well, all of that is going to be capital, I mean, ordinary income because you got short-term capital gains. Well, that it would be deferred because it's inside your retirement account. You don't necessarily have to pay tax until you start taking distributions from the retirement account. Yeah, so theoretically that's true. Now, here's here's some cons, some issues. You, you don't have any more pros? Uh, not really. Well, the other, I mean, the other pro is if, if you really want to invest in real estate and that's the only dollars that you have, it's a way to do it. But here's some things you need to be aware of, okay? First of all is I'm going to start with a rental property, which is you buy a rental property. If you don't pay all cash for it, like let's say you get a, have a loan. First of all, you can't borrow the money. The IRA has to borrow the money, which is almost impossible. But let's just say you could somehow borrow the money in the IRA. And let's just say you had 80% loan to value, so you put a 20% down payment. So because there is debt inside the IRA, there's what's called an unrelated business income tax. And so 80% of the profits from that property, the rental income, would be taxable inside the IRA. And if you sold it at a profit, 80% of the gain would actually be a tax levied inside the IRA. So that's that's a pretty big issue. So most people, because of that, they invest in real estate using all cash. Okay, so let's think about that. You invest in all cash, you got a piece of real estate. Real estate goes up on average over the last 100 years in California. Let's call it 5%, okay? 5% isn't bad, but the stock market over the last 100 years has earned 10%. Now, I'm not predicting one or the other. I'm just telling you, real estate's a lot more work, and if you're all cash, the, the reason people make a lot of money in real estate is they use leverage. They borrow money so they don't have to use all of their own money to control more real estate in an IRA that's not really possible. Now, when you're talking about somebody that's going to be flipping homes inside of their IRA, well, that starts to sound like a business. Right, And then this unrelated business income tax comes into play again. And then you potentially have to pay taxes on those gains inside your IRA. It's very complicated. I don't have time to go through it in the, in, on the radio. But just be aware that if you are running something like that, it can be construed as a business to where you've got to pay taxes inside the IRA. Then you have the problem of 
let's say you do have a single family resident home. You, you have $400,000 in your self-directed IRA. You purchase the $400,000 home and you don't keep any cash right inside the IRA. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, oop, I need some repairs or I need to do this. And so you need to go in and fix up the house and you have to fund Fifty thousand dollars of repairs. Yeah, and and you can't do that because yeah, IRS doesn't have uh, IRA doesn't have the money. Right, you, the IRA you can't put the money. You can't put a fifty thousand dollar into the house because the house is in the IRA. Right, and, and that so, would be a fifty thousand dollar contribution. Right, which is an excess contribution. You get penalized for that. Six percent per year. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. That the money's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, if if you do own real estate inside your IRA, and hopefully it appreciates over time, when you pass away, it goes to the, your beneficiaries. There is no step up in basis, so they will ultimately pay ordinary income taxes on all this gain because it's in your IRA. Right, right? and then and, you have to take a required minimum distribution from the IRA. Correct. So at seventy and a half, we found this quite a bit in two thousand eight, where it's like, okay, well here I purchased a property in a self directed IRA. That property is now down. 30-40% and I have to take distributions. There's no cash in it. Yeah. Uh, how do I get the money out? Right? And then so each year you don't take a required distribution, 50% penalty. Each year you don't take it out on the amount of that should have been the distribution. Well, you know, then it's like I can't get an appraisal. I don't know how much this thing is worth. So, I mean, there's, you're right. There's, it's, I think there's probably more pro, um, cons and pros. But. Yeah, way, well, yeah, way more. You think of real estate outside a retirement account, it's, uh, you get depreciation deductions, you can shelter income, you get capital gains if you sell it, you can do a 1031 exchange and pay no tax, and when you pass away, there's a full step up in basis to the kids. So, yeah, d- in my view, way more cons than pros. And for me, uh, Joe, and this is just my opinion, in many cases when we see real estate in an IRA, it's, it's a mistake. People really didn't understand the rules. And, and as a CPA for more than 30 years, it, it does amaze me how many people fail to get the message about tax planning until they do make a mistake. And it will cost them or their heirs tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, that otherwise could have been avoided. So, you know, it becomes clearer when you make the mistake, but here's the secret to make sure you don't have to learn the lesson the hard way. Because you can save more taxes than you think, but you must use a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. We'll be back in a second right here on AM760 KFMB. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in today. Hanging out on a Saturday. The sun's finally shining. It's been a little gloomy in San Diego here for the past couple of weeks. And, you know, look at us complain. We live in San Diego. (laughs) Yeah. Well, particularly, I guess um, the Memorial Weekend was kind of gloomy. Now, I, I was in Colorado, so it was perfectly sunny there. But that's what I heard. I heard it was kind of misty and rainy and cloudy. So... It anyway, it wasn't sunny. It's supposed to be a little warm this weekend, though. Yeah, you're not kidding. It already started on what Thursday. It started getting pretty warm. Yeah, sun shining. Should be a good weekend. Um, I got a uh, <laughs> I got a retirement quiz. How, how do you feel about that, Joe? This is um, Social Security quiz. Uh, Twelve questions were asked to over 1,500 recipients. And uh, only 28% of Americans uh, got um, a passing score. Passing score means 70% or more in a traditional sense. So I'm just going to go over four questions with you, Joe, and we can discuss them. But a lot of people miss these questions. At what age 
can you receive your full benefit, Social Security? Most people miss that. Yeah, I'll tell you the stats. It was, um, hold on here, 71% missed it. Well, is it to the, like, 66 in six months? Well, no. 71% of respondents think it was 65 and it's 66. Well, it's 66 in six months, or it could be 67, depending on yeah. what age you are. And if you're if you're uh, retiring in, or turning, uh, yeah, 2022, it, it's 67. So there's a phase-in period. But uh, yeah, 70, it's 66. That's the answer right now. So at age 66, you can receive your full retirement benefit. Now, you can take it early, right? At age 62, you get a reduced payout uh, per month, which occurs for the rest of your life. Or you can wait as late as age 70 and get a much higher payout. Yeah, so those are your choices. But full retirement age is 66. How about this? Can you keep working while collecting a full benefit? Yeah. I mean, well, full benefit. I don't know. I, well, here's the rules. If you take your benefit early, so if I take it at 62, yeah. I can still work and have employment income if it's under fifteen thousand seven hundred yes. forty bucks. Yeah. Fifteen thousand seven twenty. Oh seven twenty. <laughs> so pretty close. Very close. And then so um every two dollars earned I make after that, they take a buck back. That's correct. So if, if you're not at full retirement age. And then once I reach my full retirement year, so what Social Security go by it goes by months. Right. So let's say my full retirement is age 66. My birthday is in June, right? Okay. And so my full retirement year starts January 1st of that year when I turn 66. But I have six months before I turn my full retirement age. Right. So then I can make 35,008-something. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have it. I think it's 40-something. 40 40-something 40 this year. Mm-hmm. All right. So 40-some-odd so. thousand bucks. Call it 40 grand. Okay. So if I if so I I over that six months I can make forty thousand bucks. Right. If I make more than forty thousand dollars, then any dollar over that forty thousand threshold, every three dollars earned they take a buck back. Correct. Yeah. Then once I reach my full retirement age, I can make as much money as I want. It's not going to affect the uh, um the, the, the income limitations there. Right. So here's here's how the people did. Slightly more than half missed it. Believing people can continue to work while collecting full Social Security benefits. Now, as we said, you can uh, collect full benefits if you're full retirement age, which right now is age 66. But of course you can still work once you reach your full retirement age. That goes back to the story earlier. Yeah, that's right. Where it's like, well, here, I can't work. I think I'm going to get fired. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. Yeah. So you're, and also, as you said, if you make less than 15720 even though you're not full retirement age, you can receive your full Social Security benefit. All right, here's the next one. If you are divorced, can you collect a benefit based upon your ex-spouse's earning history? Can I collect on my ex-spouse's earning history? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, of course. As long as I was married to that individual for 10 years or 40 quarters. Right. Only uh, 45% got that one right. And for me to collect a spousal benefit, they need to be collecting their benefit. Right. And I believe you need to know their social security number and... Something else. And you can't be married, right? You can't be remarried. Can't be remarried. Yes. But you can be remarried and collect a survivor benefit of a deceased spouse. Deceased ex-spouse? Yeah. Yeah, That could be. You get married after the age of 60 or something. 
<laughs> so there's there is some strange rule which be. we don't have at our fingertips. Anyway, there's like seventeen thousand rules. Yeah, I know. It's the most complex system in, known to man. Boy, you know what? In some of these books on Social Security, you sit there and read them, and your eyes just glaze. Fall, yeah, they just roll back in your head. It's so complicated. <laughs> Plus, it's not the most interesting topic. Exactly. <laughs> but how about this? Can you receive a benefit even if you are not a U.S. citizen? Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Three quarters of the people have said no. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. You can't collect. No. <laughs> you foreigner. Yeah, get out. What do you do? No. No. Yes, of course he can. Yeah. As long as you put in the system. Yeah, as long as you worked 40 quarters, which is 10 years, um, and you're not even a U.S. citizen, you were just here on a green card, yeah, you, you get benefits. You put money in, so you should receive benefits coming out. Well, if you were here legally. True. If yeah. you were here illegally. Let's, let's put that caveat. Yeah. Yeah, if you're here illegally, then. If you're here illegally, you're, you're not, probably, probably you're not put, putting put money in. the in. system. Yeah. You get paid cash. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> it's that underground economy. Yes. Well, Joseph Anderson, so you're part of the 28% because you got a passing score. I did. In fact, you got 100%. I did. In fact, you knew more. I mean, you could actually explain, not only give me the answer, but go into depth. So you must be um, That's my job. pretty smart. You must be a financial planner. I am. Yes. Certified financial planner. Yes. Yes. Oh, we're talking cash flow, and Social Security is kind of a big deal well, uh, when it, it comes is. to creating the overall income that you need. And you got to figure out what is the best way to create the income. Um, you know, if you want to take it right away, take it right away. But yeah, at least understand the consequences of doing the actions that you're doing. Yeah. And, and of course, we talk a lot about trying to delay it if you can afford it. We think that's a good idea because Social Security is, is kind of, uh, you can sort of think of it as longevity insurance, if you will. In other words, if you live a long time, Social Security will continue to pay out. And as we talked in an earlier segment, not all of it's taxable. Uh, the worst case is 15% is tax-free and 85% of your benefits, you have to pay whatever your tax rate is, right? That's the worst case. In California, it's 100% tax-free. So it, that's pretty nice to have. I mean, let's say, because the break-even, Joe, I mean, depending upon what survey and study you look at, between taking it at age 62, that's the earliest, and age 70 is the latest, it's somewhere between 79 and 81, 82 maybe. Well, yeah, you know? if you look at it that way, but I think you got to look at it as it's longevity insurance. That's and what that... I'm saying. Yeah, and, and so in other words, because a lot of us are going to live into our 80s and 90s and, and, and now probably into our hundreds with medical advances, and it's, um, it's a way to make sure that your income, at least you have some income that continues, right? It's, it's a pr pretty important thing. Right. It's, it's, the, it's a pretty significant part of a lot of people's overall retirement strategy. You know, and I think you can't take that type of planning lightly. You want to make sure that you understand kind of the pros and cons of everything that you do. Because if, if you can imagine your retirement game plan was no longer just about a number, right? It's like as soon as I reach a million dollars, 500,000, whatever it is, uh, that's when I'm going to retire. Or, or about, you know, your investments. You know, imagine if you could fill in all the gaps and have all the answers to a rock-solid retirement game plan that covered everything from A to Z. Imagine what kind of confidence that would bring. All right, going to take one more break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB. Welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson and Alan Clopine, thanks for tuning in. Go to our website, purefinancial.com. Uh, check us out on the web. we got this learning center. 
that we put together. 340 videos on that thing. So if you are you want to binge, you know, people like binge uh, Netflix. Yeah, you think they're going to binge our, uh, our yes. website? <laughs> question your money, your wealth. Question of the question week. Question of the week. Yes, I think did we just put uh, my Padre one on where I went to I went to uh, Petco Park and got in front of a bunch of people and asked them what inning they were in their retirement. I think that just got uploaded. Wow, I'm going to binge that. <laughs> Put it, put it on repeat. Watch yes. it over and over again. Yeah, you could. Um, we have, we're in season three of over, Your Money, Your Wealth yeah, TV, show. TV show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't know, it's uh, it's on Sunday mornings, channel eight, uh, at six thirty a.m. Yeah. So, so if you're if, bored this weekend, it's a little bit too warm. You don't yeah. like the sunshine. Don't stay up too late on Saturday right. night, so you can. Or or if you have a DVR, you don't have a DVR, do you? No. You never never. You don't like technology. Do I you? don't. No, I just don't watch a lot of TV. <laughs> Yeah, I just got Netflix, and it's not even mine. It's so you've never seen our show because you never DVR. Correct. Yeah, I don't need to. I, I live it. <laughs> Why do you have to watch it? Yeah, it's like oh, I already go through did the it. torture once. <laughs> I went through the pain of doing it. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> oh, well, how can you get if, if you don't watch yourself? You, how do you know how you're doing? I don't care. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> you just do your best and hope it's good yes. enough. Yes, and, and we're still on the air after three yes. seasons. So well, and we got Lynn Stewart. Yeah, she tells us. When she's, we, yeah, when she's we our stink. producer. Yeah, she's, well, she doesn't really. She just she, well, she's like, hey, can I spend a couple minutes with you sometime this week? I was like, sure. She does why? Do that. What? What's? Well, no, just not a couple, couple things. Just a couple over. things to go over. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We got that a lot in season one, didn't so, we? Hey, you know what? You, you do this a lot. <laughs> And it's really annoying. I got. Um, I, I. She's very sweet when she criticizes she us. I got because I wiggle. She said, "Your shoulders. You're wiggling your shoulders. You got to stay still." That's what I got. Oh, what did you get? Oh, laundry list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I think you you got the same problem. You you like to move around. Okay, I'm a mover and a shaker. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I guess, camera. You're, I guess, sw- guess you're not supposed to do it. You keep moving out of the scene. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> then the scene would be better. Uh, yeah, so you can go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com, yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Uh, check out the TV show there. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, you can watch it right on the internet. If, you, if you're not up at, at 6.30 a.m. on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can like yeah. just binge watch season yeah, one, two, and three. Yeah. It's like Game of Thrones. You got, just binge watch that. <laughs> then you get got, done with that. Boom. 60 plus episodes. Jeez. So, yeah, that could, that could take a couple weekends. <laughs> that could take a couple weekends. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just awful. Yeah, that would be rough. <laughs> that, I would feel so After bad. After three of them, I'd say, well, oh. I'm going to go back to Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Well, what? We got a couple minutes. What do you got here? Yeah, I want to I talk about, I want to finish the show about cash flow planning before. And during retirement, and this is from our friend Ron Carson, founder and CEO of Carson Wealth Management Group. And this is what uh, Mr. Carson says, planning before retirement. Guess what the number one thing is? Um, well, you, planning before retirement, you want to make sure that you're well protected. You can protect your income and probably some cash reserves. Yeah, yeah so that's, uh, boy, you hit on two and three. Emergency fund, yes, uh, and risk management. And number one is the B word. Oh, budget. Budget. Sure. Yeah. What do you think about budgeting? I don't like budgeting. <laughs> I don't either. But I pay myself first. Yeah. 
Yeah, I. You know what? So I, I'm going to explain that because that's an important concept. Because I, I would bet you most of our listeners don't like to budget. Now, if you're disciplined and can set up a budget, then all the better because you're going to know uh, where your money's going. And and Dave Ramsey on his radio show, he says everyone should do what's called a zero-based budget at the beginning of the month, which means you look at your net income after your deductions on your payroll, and every single dollar has a purpose, and you don't spend any more. Like you have hundred dollars. For entertainment or whatever it is. Once you get to that, you stop spending. And that really is the best way. But for most of us, Joe, we don't want to There's no I, way don't, I don't want to do live that life. There's no I, way I don't want to live that. that life. And you probably don't either. So here's a, here's a, what I think is a is a more realistic approach. If you don't want to budget, which is this. You do you you save uh, in your 401k. Uh, and you try to save at least 15% of your income. And, and for some of you, you need to save more than the, than the maximum amount in your 401k. So maybe you have some diverted out of your checking account to a brokerage account outside of retirement. You have that done automatically. 401k is automatically deducted from your paycheck. And then when you get that net pay, have an automatic payment to a savings account that, by the way, you don't touch. It's for future savings things you have to get into right now for emergencies, well, that's what you have an emergency fund for. But if you'll do that, if you'll make it automatic, if you'll pay yourself first at the beginning of the month or whenever you receive your paycheck, and then you just spend what's left, right? Now, that will accomplish about the same thing. I should pay myself more. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) you you need a raise. (laughs) I do. I should pay myself more first, but um, I do that. And then, unfortunately... (laughs) Uh, then, yeah, then I spend probably too much on other yeah. stuff. Well, and, and that's, to me, and I agree, budgets are great, but who wants to do them? And, and so when you talk about budgets and financial planning, a lot of people turn, tune out because they go, well, I'll never do that. So I'm just, we're just giving you a workaround, right? Yeah. Which is pay yourself first and just spend the difference. Because if you don't pay yourself first, if you just get the money and then you want to save what's left over at the end of the month, you, you know the answer. Nothing's going to be there, right? right? You'll exactly. find a way to spend it. Right. Okay, planning during retirement. Number one is budget. <laughs> Surprisingly. Well, we just talked to that about that. Yeah, that but one. it's a little bit different once you're in retirement because you're not paying yourself anymore in the sense of savings. Yeah. So you got to get a better handle on really what you're spending money on because you have you now a finite resource there to create that income, to create that shortfall. And so uh, you do need to do a little bit of planning to figure out how much you actually can spend each month. And then maybe you have that come out as an automatic withdrawal from your savings account so that you don't spend any more. So that would be a way to do that. And the second thing uh, that um, Ron Carson talks about is taxes. He said, for most people during retirement, tax planning takes on greater importance in terms of analyzing the sources of funds that you will use to maintain your lifestyle and their tax consequences. And boy, we talk about that a lot, Joe, because a lot of folks have the majority of their savings in retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks. And when you take the money out of those accounts, you have to pay full ordinary income tax rates. And if you have a pension, if you have Social Security, if you've saved a lot in 401ks and IRAs, you may be in a pretty high tax bracket. And some people say, well, Eh, no, because I can live on less. But you don't have any choice. By the time you hit 70 and a half, you have to start pulling dollars out, whether you want to or not. It's called a required minimum distribution. And for many, they end up in in a pretty high tax bracket. Right, so that's why you need to do a little bit of planning when it comes to this, and and maybe if you're not yet retired or even already retired, 
maybe you want to start looking at getting some money out of your 401k and IRAs uh, into a, like a Roth IRA. You can do conversions. Since 2010, they took the income limitations away, so anyone can do a conversion, and anyone should be, everyone should be looking at that. Because, Joe, that your taxes don't stop when your paycheck does. In fact, when you do tap your retirement nest egg, it comes with all sorts of new rules and opportunities. Instead of contributing to tax-deferred plans that reduce your taxes, you'll start tapping those savings and paying taxes at your regular rate, often very high rates. So as you near retirement, tax planning becomes even more important than ever. But you must use a forward-thinking tax strategy because you have more control over paying taxes in retirement, more than you think, actually more so than any other time in your life. Uh, for Big Al Clopine, I'm Joe Anderson. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week.